Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax, you have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us, holding to pure grace. Again, relax, join in with us. Listen on, be blessed. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill, and I'm here with my longtime friend, great buddy, former accountability partner, Grace Guard Dog Steve. Former accountability partner, that's funny. There was a time when I was, wasn't I? That's funny. Uh, yeah, I remember you, the days. Remember you the you days. failed me pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you tried. Yeah, it wasn't for lack of trying. It wasn't for lack of trying. That's funny. I just remember that because we were going over Romans 7 last week. And man, yeah. you know what, Steve? Made a commitment to be my accountability partner at one time. That was like 1988, 89, 90. And I was. I went chasing you down all over the place. You were out <laughs> ratting the streets, and I, I was chasing you down. I just couldn't catch you. I remember that time you called me and said, What are you doing? It was Saturday night. I said, uh, I'm uh, I'm over here at my parents, and he said, "Bill, I'm at your apartment, <laughs> and your car's right here." Yeah, I was sitting on top of the car. It was funny, and that's what you do to accountability partners. That's why accountability partners don't work. Not when you lie to them. <laughs> no, no. I had the same thing going on with my accountability partners. I wasn't telling the truth. No, and uh, yeah, I remember that story of a guy that went to Liars Anonymous. And he said, every time I would go there, no one would be there. <laughs> <laughs> Lied to him again. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, um, you know, last week we did something that changed my life we did Romans 7 and of course it goes with Romans 6 7 and 8 as I think the most life-changing passage of the Bible you can you can read no I remember like in 84 85 going to a Bill Gother seminar and he said if you would purpose to memorize Romans 6 7 and 8 your life will never be the same and Paul Bushai and I committed to memorizing it, and we memorized it. And it, it was years later when I actually began to understand what it meant. I memorized something um, that, that could have been uh, Greek to me. I, I didn't that. understand it. Remember that? I got in on that in like 86 or no, 88 maybe. We went to a Another, Another Bill Gother, and I knew you guys had memorized Romans 6, 7, and 8. And I remember hearing, I didn't know why, but he wouldn't memorize Romans seven fourteen to the end. Yeah, Paul wouldn't do that. He, he said that's a negative confession about myself. I don't want to give a negative confession about myself, but I guess was, we're going to go over that negative confession today, aren't we? It kind of was the subject of our last podcast so a review would be 
most excellent at this point. That's right. As your accountability partner, I dragged you to a Bill Gother <laughs> seminar, didn't I? I? made you and your sister go, didn't I? Yes. For all those days. Up in Stewart. Yeah. Five-day seminar, and then all day Saturday and Sunday, that's what the Bill Gother seminars were, and I made you sit through every minute of it, didn't I? Yeah, and you know, it really was uh, the the friendships and the, the people, and I, it was good. There was a lot of good to it, and there was still something missing that I hadn't learned yet, but maybe we could get to that in this podcast. To be honest with you, when I was at the Bill Gother seminar, they did not bring out the explanation. Uh, Just told you to memorize Romans yeah, 6, 7, and 8. But they never really gave me a clear understanding of what it was back then. But that's the Holy Spirit that had you memorize it. Yes, in spite of the Bill Gother seminar. But as... As you were asking, we'll, we'll do a review, which last week we were, how did we get on the subject? I forget. Do you remember by chance? We were doing something on um, resonating. We were doing something on resonating, which comes from 2 Corinthians 5.14. The love of Christ compels me, constrains me hemmed in on all sides and it was that word let me think what the word is now was it we get our word echo to hold or to echo through and it's it's literally to one definition was to surround you or to but it was that word that we picked up on that we get our word echo echo sune and that it's a it's an English word now, and it means to resonate. So the it's the love of Christ that resonated in Paul. And we were saying that the, the sermon you heard didn't resonate, but we were on Romans 7 talking about if it does resonate with you, it changes your life. If Romans 7 does resonate, it changes your life. And the Apostle Paul was someone that knew the law. He was a Pharisee, so he had to memorize the law. He knew it really, really well, but he had this problem that we went over last week of not doing what he wanted to do and doing the very thing he didn't want to do every time. Yes, even though in Philippians he says, as far as legalistic righteousness, I was found faultless. We should do that one time, compare what Paul says in Philippians 3 with what he says in Romans seven fifteen to the end of the chapter. Yeah, maybe we should do that. Um, do you, do you well, you were going to give the review. Yeah, the, the review was about Paul was talking about himself, and by doing that, he was talking about every person on the planet. Every person on the planet would be saying what Paul said. And Paul was saying, as a human being, I'm finding out a secret about myself, a secret that had been hidden for 2,000 years, and it was hidden to 
the nation of Israel, the whole time they were trying to obey God and the law, the 613 laws or the 10 commandments that they were trying so hard to obey, Paul was saying, I'm beginning to realize that as a human being, I'm sold into bondage to sin, that sin has taken me captive to do sin's will and it dominates me. I am all chained up by it. I can't do what I want as a human being. And I find myself doing what this sin that dwells in me wants me to do. I'm in bondage to sin. And he says, is, is, what's the deal with the law then? And he says the law is holy and righteous and good, but the law came about to show us how sinful sin really is and how much we're in bondage to sin. Like it says earlier in Romans, through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Well, Paul was realizing because of the law that sin lived in him and it mastered him and he was in bondage to sin and therefore did what he didn't want to do but that's what we'll look at after we look at how how much of a role model Paul was we'll look at that in, in Philippians Philippians 3 yes is that Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision who glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Or if you listen to Guardians of Grace, no confidence in human effort. Which is the flesh. Or no, or if you listen to us last week, no confidence in what Paul strived for in Romans 7 the good he wanted to do yes he put no confidence in that the when flesh he said, he, the human said, effort yeah when he said I know that no good thing dwells in me that means he was not putting confidence in the flesh he said the wishing is good there but the doing of good is not exactly. that's what you call a classic example of putting no confidence in the flesh because he actually says, I know there is no good thing in me. Then he clarifies it by saying, that is my flesh. Yes. Which we call human effort because it that's gets to the point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Your flesh is human effort. It's also your skin, but it's it, in Romans exactly. 7, he's talking about human effort. Yes. So Paul in Philippians 3, we don't put confidence in the flesh. He said, we glory in Christ. Our our weight, our power is in Christ. Paul says the same thing in Romans 7. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Says the same thing in Philippians. We put no confidence in the flesh, but we glory in Christ means the same thing. Then he says, but if anyone has reason to put confidence in the flesh, if anyone has reason to put confidence in human effort, 
if you want to compare your human effort to mine, here we go. Circumcised on the eighth day. I think his parents had to help him with that one. <laughs> of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm out already. Yeah. I'm 0 for 2 on that one, I, I think. Right. Circumcised on the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, as to the righteousness by observing the law, you know what his score was? Faultless. He hit the mark. He kept the law. But whatever was to my credit, I now consider a loss compared to the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus. And that's that gnosis word that's really experiencing the Holy Spirit's life in me. There is no comparing the two. He said, I was faultless as outwardly keeping the law. And outwardly keeping the law, there's one commandment that you can outwardly keep but inwardly commit and no one even knows you're committing it and that is what he was guilty of doing he said I would have yeah coveting is it possible for you to covet no one even know you're coveting you can covet with a smile on your face you can covet you can go to church and inside you're going I want that. Man, I'm jealous of that guy. Yes. Look at the car he drives, and I drive this hunk of garbage car. Yes. You know. But you can shine all that on as, hey, brother, how are you doing? Oh, I hate sin. Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, we we ought to um, we ought to get all these bars closed around here in this city. They're just. We should go out and pick it in front of the bars. We should picket the bars and put tracks in the adult bookstore. Yeah. In the... Uh, you go in the adult bookstore? I mean, <laughs> if there was... <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. Something needs to be done about yes. this. Yes. But you can you can shine all that on and, you know, I'm, I'm concerned, but inside you're just... There's this war inside. The flesh is warring against the spirit, and the spirit is warring against the flesh, and you're coveting, you're desiring to do what you don't want to do. And it's all going inside, and you can hide it from the rest of the world. You can hide it from your accountability partner. You can hide it from everyone, and you can live this life that's a total fake, phony, fraudulent life. A shame. A sham, and I lived it. I lived it. You did. (laughs) And it was your fault because you were my accountability partner. Yeah. No, I never. But this this is your testimony right here. This this is what, Romans 7 is what changed your life, Bill, because I watched it do it. Understanding that I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I do want to do. And I do the very evil I hate, and I need someone to save me from myself is what changed your life. Because at the same time it was changing your life, 
it was changing my life too. I was just learning the concept myself. The first thing I learned from it was I'm not alone. It, this is a very common problem. And all this time I thought I was the only one doing this. I thought I thought I was the only one, for lack of a better word, I was kind of living a double life. I wasn't trying to get away with anything. I really wanted to live the victorious Christian life. And I, I didn't know how. All I knew was what I was taught. That's why you asked me to be a, an accountability partner. And you did. And I did. And, and I failed. Well. Because accountability partners fail. Anyone would have fallen. Yes, anyone would. It's not the formula for success. No, it wasn't. And you probably, truth be told, you probably didn't tell me everything you knew I did. True, true. But I I do remember, I, I remember the day it turned around for me because it was shortly after maybe my most embarrassing moment in life when I, I went to jail and I didn't tell anyone for a couple days until I, I told you you weren't surprised was no sir no, and you, you were actually were very compassionate I guess you could say and you had an answer you said go to this Bible study it just got started last week was the first week and he said, he said, remember the guy we went down to High Paluxo two or three years ago? Well, the same guy is now doing a, a Bible study at the clubhouse. And we just started a series on Romans 6, 7, and 8. Remember, you had told me about memorizing that. And you were like, it's so amazing. I, I memorized it, but I didn't know why. And now... I'm learning about what we memorized, why I memorized it. And I was like, oh, well, well, you're probably halfway through six and seven already, huh? He he said, "Mm, I think we did six one and, (laughs) or half a six one. And so I went to that Bible study and man, did it change my life. The first thing it did was I, I realized that everyone has the Roman 7 problem. 100% of all people on this planet have this problem. And when they... Sin spread to all men. It does sin. And I think that was uh, Romans 5. Exactly. And we had to go through that background of sins there through just as sin entered the world world through through one one man man. and death through sin and this way death spread to all men well what was for all men sin for all men sin so what was Paul's who will rescue me from this body of death so the body of death came from that one man yes yes the one man's sin and nobody is exempt from it that's what you were learning. That's what I was learning. And the one man's sin was 
thinking he could do Romans 7 with better results, with stellar results. Just Without the power of God. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is, is symbolically the law. Yes. I would not have known what sin was if the law had said you shall not covet. Yes. Adam said the same thing. Well, yes. If you... If I can eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I'll know what not to do and what good to do. And that spread into all humanity. You. So it, I was a rec- 21st century. I got that. <laughs> I got that curse. Yes. So, yes. But I had that curse, and I didn't know it. And for some reason, I thought if I could step up my effort, if I could have an accountability partner, it sounds spiritual. Then I could stop sinning. And what I didn't know at the time, I, I went to church all the time. And I, I never put it together why I would hear messages on how good God is and how much he loves us. And that wouldn't make me want to sin. But I never made a connection. But then I'd hear messages on you got to stop doing this sin and that sin and going to this place or that place. Or God won't be pleased with you. And that made me want, that made me go to the place I didn't want to do. Go. And the, the one place I didn't want to go, obviously, was jail. And I ended up going to jail, trying not to go to bars, trying not to hang out with certain people that were my friends. And I treated these friends so, I I mean, I judged these friends of mine and pretty much pushed them away. I was... I, I became a very unlikable person because I was judging them for doing what I didn't want to do and I was still secretly trying not to do it and then sometimes I couldn't I would slip up and and, and do it so one of these times that I they, my friend, my roommate one of best buddies I've ever had in my life met him in first grade we were just lifelong friends and he got me to go to Sunfest with him and I'm like I don't want to do that he's like come on you never do anything fun just go and I said no I don't drink and he's like well you don't have to drink just go alright I'll go and we went and I I drank the two Cokes that were on the boat. (laughs) That was it. Uh, I said, I'll have one beer. And then I had a second beer, and probably a third and fourth. And then we decided to go to Banana Boat. And I was like, I don't want to go to the Banana Boat. It's a bar. But you were trapped on Ed's boat. So I had to go. And... The rowdy friends got into a fight, and they all got thrown out of, they all 
they told all of us we had to leave and I just bought a beer and the uh, bartender said you have to go and I said well then give me my money back she said no you gotta go now and I said okay I'll drink my beer then I'll go and I said she said no you'll go now and I said when I finish my beer I'll go it's a principle I paid for it I get to drink it or take it with me this is how stupid it was and she said no you won't and then the police officer came and took it from me and I took it back and then another police officer came grabbed my shirt slammed me down on the bar and I said okay I'll go (laughs) he said too late and I walked by all those friends the Christian is the only one of them that got arrested that night and I walked by and they just looked at me they were just stunned they're like what could he have done and one of them said do you want us to bail you out and I just it was just horrible I just I cried all the way down to the police I mean you can't imagine the shame and humiliation that I was just going through in my mind and the the feeling like a phony and a hypocrite because people if you look at someone you see what they do you don't see what they don't want to do you see what they do and I did the thing I didn't want to do so I was guilty of doing it and I was also guilty of being a hypocrite and a phony and a fake and that there is some kind of shame in doing that so and I couldn't call you to bail me out so I called my sister she bailed me out and then long story short you told me that you knew I think Ed had told you what happened but you didn't judge me and I thought you were gonna you know I I don't even know if you're a Christian Bill but you didn't you were a good friend and I said I I really don't want anyone at church to know and he said I remember you said Bill I know stuff about a lot of people that nobody will ever get it out of me so don't worry about it don't ever think I'm gonna expose you for what happened dime you out dime me out yeah but what what was good was we went to this study and opening night it was on Romans 6 what shall we say shall we continue in sin that grace may increase by no means and I learned a word that night meanoia which means absolutely not very strong Greek word the strongest Greek word some say it borders on cursing Cursing. yeah heck no that's all we'll say yeah so he says what shall we say shall we this is Romans 6 1 shall we continue in the sin that grace may increase what's the first thing we should know would grace increase yeah it would but then he says something I didn't know and apparently a lot of people didn't know because he says or do you not know 
what am I supposed to know? That all of us who were baptized into Christ, meaning all of us who were identified into Christ, were identified into his death, we were buried with him through baptism, through identification, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we also might walk in newness of life or freshness of his life, a life that is devoid of accountability partners, trying your hardest, making commitments that you can't keep. And sin. And sin. Devoid of sin. Devoid of sin. The life of the new man. And it's based on a truth. And this truth that it teaches will set you free. Nothing else will, but this truth will set you free. So maybe we could look at that in Romans 6.1. Yes. Because that's how you avoid the problem we went over last week in Romans 7. I don't understand what I do. Yes. Yes. And he makes it clear it's not by the law. It's not by human effort. It's not by accountability partners. It's and that was what the thought was when they because he was being asked, what should we do? Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? Is it is what you think we should sin or how do we stop sinning? And Paul says in Romans 6 1, don't you know that all of us have been baptized, have been baptized into Christ's death. We've been buried with him through death, so that just as he was raised, we also might walk in newness of life, a new way of life. Well, let me ask you something. You knew that because you you had memorized it in the previous two or three years. Did not know what it meant, though. You really didn't know what it meant, though, huh? No, no. And I was still struggling with my sins that, oh, I mean, I mean, I didn't have any sin back then, Bill. We're learning something here. Yeah, yeah. No, I was struggling with my very thing, too. And at that time, you had, the night you came to me, you said, I quit. I did quit. I've had enough. I've had enough. I can't, I can't do it, Steve. I can't do it. And this guy was saying that this passage was saying there's a way to stop doing it. That was what was so intriguing to us. We were actually getting presented with a way from the Bible. It was pointing to scriptures and the Bible was telling us there is a way to stop sinning. It's knowing something and it's experiencing something. It was why when we did the Easter series and the Upper Room Discourse, and when he died, they didn't know that they were baptized into his death, just like we didn't know. No. He told them, and they still didn't know. They did not know that when one died for all, all died. Yes. That is the message that resonated with Paul. He was 
convinced of it. Yes. That when that he was convinced that God loved me so much and he loves everyone so much that when he died on the cross everyone was included in that death and it resonated with you too because it told you that your sin debt had been paid I couldn't get over that yes it's still I said is that dangerous to believe that all my sins have been paid for is that dangerous to, to for me to believe that because I'm believing that, I have to believe that tomorrow if I do the same thing, tomorrow if I screw up really, really bad, it's still paid for. And if I just do the unthinkable next week, that's paid for. Yeah. Then I could do the unthinkable next week and it would never be counted against me. And you know what? That didn't make me want to go do the unthinkable. It made me want to not do the unthinkable. The very thing I didn't want to do anyway, but it does give you the ability to overcome sin. That's why when it said, sin shall not be your master because you are not under law, but under grace. Right then when we were digesting that verse it was saying just find out what grace is it is you're not under law find out what grace is and that grace would be explained in the next in the coming chapters and that's what we went over exactly what grace was and grace was talking about what Paul was asking for when he says I'm under the law as a human sold into bondage to sin remember it said sin shall not be your master because you're not under law but under grace well he was saying I'm under law sold as a a slave to sin and I'm doing what I don't want to do under this law and I'm not doing what I do want to do under this law and under this law Sin has sprang to life and it's living in me that is in my human nature because nothing good lives in my human nature, Paul was saying, but only the sin lives in my human nature and it causes me not to do what I want to do but the very thing I don't want to do. So I cry out, oh, wretched man that I am, which is exactly what you were saying, Bill. I you cried that out. You Ooh. cried rescue me from this body of death this and trying and failing, failing once again to to not do what i want to stop doing it brought you to grace you cried out who will help me and grace came in as the power source to help you walk the christian life that's why you said just like paul said thanks be to god through jesus christ Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, not thanks to my human effort. And not your great accountability partner? Uh, he tried. <laughs> he failed miserably. You but, failed me, guard dog Steve. But what did not fail you? What did not fail you? The grace of God did not fail me. It liberated me. 
thanks be to God is the answer. Who will rescue me from this body of death? The death is that wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, the law of the spirit of the life of Christ we just went over the law of Moses did not separate you no. from the body of death. No. It actually empowered death. Sin. The sin. Yes. It empowered the sin. Yes. The power of sin is in the law. Doesn't get any clearer than that. No, it doesn't. If you learn nothing else, first Corinthians fifteen fifty six, memorize it. Yes. Learn it. Believe it. The power of sin Sin is the law. Apart from law, sin is dormant. Dormant. Memorize that too. Yes. Apart from law, sin is dormant. With the law, sin is activated. Yes. So what liberates me? It's, It's a different law. It's a different dynamic. And it's called the law, the principle of the power. The law of the spirit of the life in Christ liberates me, sets me apart from the law of the sin and the death. The consistent principle of trying to not sin and end up sinning miserably. The the principle of trying not to go to the bars and ending up in the bar. The principle of trying not to get in trouble and ending up in jail. The only thing that saves you from the principle, from the law of trying and failing is this other principle, this higher law called the law of the spirit of the life in Christ. It's the same thing as the law of aerodynamics rescues you from the sets you apart from the law of gravity the law of the sin the, the law of the sin and the death trying and failing is a consistent principle and only gets worse the, the harder you try remember apart from law sin is dormant trying to live your Christian life through legalistic commitments Accountability partners, sorry, Steve. Purpose-driven life, commitments, promise keepers, all of that fails. But the law, the principle of the spirit of the life in Christ sets you free from all that misery that we described in the last podcast from Romans seven fourteen. To the end of the chapter. I don't understand what I do. The very thing I don't want to do, I end up doing. The the evil I try to avoid, I keep on doing it. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Wretched man that I am. Well, there's an answer. The law of the spirit of the life in Christ. The Holy Spirit inside of you is more powerful than any sin temptation And now that we learn that actually trying to overcome 
sense. Any kind of sin in your own human effort only makes you commit that sin all the more. It, the, the, your, your human effort, your flesh, is never going to earn you any rewards in heaven, so to speak. It's just not going to. It's going to make wood, hay, and stubble. It's going to, your best human effort is filthy rags. Remember, or what's that verse? All our righteousness, which is us trying to uh, attain righteousness and failing, which sin is missing that mark. All our righteousness is as filthy rags. All our best is is garbage. That's why Paul said, I count all that of loss, even though as far as legalistic righteousness is concerned, I was faultless. All uh, that he was faultless. legalistic righteousness is a filthy rag to God, though. And he counts it as a filthy rag to God. And he says, I want to be found in Christ, not having a righteousness of my own. What would a righteousness of your own be? That would be keeping the law. Yes. It's similar to what Jesus told the rich young ruler. He said, what good things must I do to, to experience this eternal life, to have the life in the spirit? He said, you know the commandments. But the bigger question is, what is the life that Paul wants to be found in? Or what is the righteousness that Paul wants to be found in? A righteousness by faith, a righteousness by depending on the Spirit to do for him what he can't do for himself. This, the yeah. righteousness that the Spirit produces is what Paul wants. Now, he has learned to desire that righteousness and not a good showing in his flesh. Yeah, he says that exactly. I want to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes through the law, but by the faithfulness, literally the faithfulness of Christ. Right. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is faithful to God's law. It's never can even be at any variance with God's law. It upholds God's law. All the righteous requirements of the Mosaic law are fully met in us who walk not after the flesh like not according to human effort not according to human effort means the same thing as walking after the flesh but according to the spirit's power I think that's that dunamis word isn't it no I think it just says according to the spirit I always add power Okay, so you, you know what we're talking about you threw me off there. Yes. Point well made, though. It, so what is it that liberated Paul? Jesus. The same thing that liberated me. The mm -hmm. law of the spirit of the life in Christ has set me free from the law of the sin and death. Knowing that made all the futility I suffered through worthwhile. Because... You can't imagine how good it feels to be liberated unless you were experienced defeat and bondage. It's it's a feeling like nothing else. It's a feeling you really wouldn't understand unless you you tried so hard, and I did. I tried hard. 
allow your testimony to be part of the conclusion. Wrap things up for us. My testimony was I learned what Paul calls a way of life in Christ that was completely different from a way of life in myself and my own human effort. It was the way that taught me what it really taught me at first was just put my focus on the fact that I'm in Christ. Put my focus on the fact that I'm holy and blameless in his sight. That's, a, that's, that's where you begin, knowing how God sees you. When you realize that he always sees you in that good light, that you're perfect in Christ, it makes you stop striving to, to do something that you already are. So that's the first thing. The second thing is there's this power that is inside of you, and it's called the Holy Spirit, and it's called the law of the Spirit. It's, it's, a, it's a principle. It's this dynamic that works in you, and it's called the law of the Spirit of the life in Christ. Realizing that Christ is in you, the mystery that 2,000... 4,000-year-old mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The certainty of succeeding in life and living the exemplary Christian life is this mystery that Christ in me is my hope. Hope is it's the same word as a certainty. It's going to happen. He promised it would happen, and it's going to happen. His life in us is powerful it's it's the holy spirit's power and the the power of the sin is no match for the power of the holy spirit it overcomes it we did a podcast on the law of gravity and the law of aerodynamics and i forgot what it was named but the law of aerodynamics works every time and it overcomes the the power of gravity there's a power of sin that you can you cannot you cannot defeat but the law the principle of the spirit of the life in Christ wins every time succeeds every time so that said father god bless these thoughts i know we rambled on and i didn't want to talk about myself but just as a bad example I did because how good you are to me for having discovered this amazing truth this amazing reality that Christ in me is the hope of glory Christ in me is the hope of succeeding bless everyone and help them and give us more of this revelation in the weeks to come as we continue exploring this mystery of Christ in us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Good night, everybody. We love you. Thank you. We love you guys. Good night.